Midlife is the best season of our lives. But often many of us lack fulfillment in some area of our midlife. It doesn't have to be that way. This podcast is a resource for midlifers to discover ways to find fulfillment in whatever area of life you need it. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Join me on the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast, a journey to make midlife the most fulfilling season of your life. Hello, my midlife friend. This is Bernie Borges, your host of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. And this is episode 79, a takeaway episode for my conversation with Innes O'Donovan on episode 78. As I know you know by now, these takeaway episodes are shorter than the guest episodes and they drop on Wednesday mornings. Each one pertains to the guest interview on the previous episode. And as a reminder, it is no replacement for the entire conversation. So I encourage you to listen to episode 78 to hear my entire conversation with Innes O'Donovan. Innes spoke of the key technologies that are going to shape each day by the year 2050, or maybe before. In summary, Innes discussed what our life could look like when we wake up in the morning in the year 2050. In this future world, our day starts with a smart bed that optimized our sleep based on our biomarkers, ensuring that we wake up refreshed. In the bathroom, a smart toilet analyzes our nutrient levels, while a smart mat at the sink analyzes our posture. The smart mirror analyzes our stress level, checks our calendar, and sends information to the kitchen for a perfectly customized smoothie. And if we need medicine, we can print it out at home. Our morning workout can take place in the metaverse with exercises that are customized to our biomarkers. Most of us will be able to halt aging, making us biologically younger. I like the sound of that. Smart glasses or contact lenses with a keyboard hologram will allow us to work while walking on a treadmill desk or spending time in the metaverse. The traditional corporate job is less likely as large corporations will downsize and they'll rent brains online based on the skills that are needed project by project. We'll be able to see people's emotions through the use of color. Verbal communication will be aided by brain optimization devices so that we can communicate more effectively. We'll be able to selectively share our thoughts so that our work colleagues can see our ideas even if we don't verbalize them. In this future world, we may have several emotional biomarkers and we might even have a device implanted in our brain to download information that could make the current education system completely obsolete. Wow. Innes' closing thought on episode 78 is to stay in touch with technology to prepare for this future world which is approaching faster than we think. And this is what I want to land on in my takeaway from my conversation with futurist Innes O'Donovan. I reflect on my own career. I've always been an adopter of technology. 
I wouldn't call myself a techie by any stretch, but I've always embraced technology, especially technology that can make us more productive in the workplace or technology that impacts how we can engage with each other, such as social media. Look, I'm certainly willing to acknowledge that technology can be a double-edged sword. I mean, it is possible to over-index on too much technology, but you can also over-index on not enough technology know-how. I guess that would be under-indexing. Anyway, you get the point. When I encounter people that are broadly over the age of 40 who admit that they're not technology savvy, or worse yet, they make a joke out of not being up to date on current technology, I gotta tell you, I cringe. In some ways, this mindset can be detrimental. It can hold you back from many benefits. As I prepared this message for this episode, I thought that I don't want to come across judgmental. So, to avoid being accused of judging those who choose to ignore or not embrace technology, I'm just going to speak for myself. And I'll tie it back to the point that Innes closed with on episode 78. Let me take you back in time. The year was 1990, and I had a car phone. That was long before cell phones. My car phone in 1990 was physically installed, as in mounted, in my car. It was a corded phone. I had an antenna that was mounted on top of the car. I admit, I thought it was cool to have a car phone, and the truth is, it was cool. I was an early adopter of the car phone. In the early 1990s, I was an area sales manager for a software company by the name of Software Publishing Corporation. They went by SPC. Our flagship product was a product called Harvard Graphics. It wasn't the only product for SPC, but it was the biggest seller. The Harvard Graphics product was the first presentation graphics product on the market. It preceded PowerPoint. It was a hot product. Knowledge workers clamored to learn about it and buy it. We were a small company, and I was one of about 20 people at SPC who flew around from city to city in the U.S., mostly in the West, conducting demonstrations of Harvard graphics to audiences in packed hotel ballrooms. In the early 90s, we didn't have laptops. We had portable computers. Yes, portable. I'm using air quotes. They were about the size of a suitcase. That's how portable they were. Remember the company Compact Computer? That's what we used. We slept those around from city to city. But hey, I embraced learning how to use and demonstrate Harvard Graphics. And I embraced doing it on a portable computer through a projector to a live audience. You know what I remember most about that experience? Is that we had so much demand for this product that we soloed in these demonstrations. Each of us who traveled to a city to demonstrate this product, we did so alone. I had no technical support with me, none. Now fast forward to the early 2000s. This thing called LinkedIn came out and I jumped on it. I created my profile and I started networking around 2003 when it first came out. Now fast forward to Twitter in 2009 
and I learned how to tweet. No, I didn't tweet what I was eating for breakfast. In fact, I learned the culture of tweeting, which is even more important than learning how to use the technology. Now, fast forward to 2013, and I started podcasting. I had to learn how to connect a microphone to a PC, how to record on specialized recording software, and how to publish podcast episodes to the world so that anyone, anywhere, can listen through their podcast player of choice. Fast forward to 2020, and I learned how to use Adobe Audition to do advanced editing of my podcast recordings. While I am not an expert in Adobe Audition, trust me, I'm not, I learned enough to do advanced audio editing, and I learned it by putting in many hours of YouTube videos, watching tutorials, and a lot of trial and error. In my career, I've learned how to use technologies such as WordPress, HubSpot, Google Analytics, SEMrush, and more recently, AI tools such as Writer, Phrase, and of course, ChatGPT and Google's Bard. I want to be clear, I do not consider myself a very technical person. But, and this is my main point, my midlife friend, I have always and will always be curious and I'll be willing to learn certain technologies that can either contribute to my career or be helpful to me or to others in my life. My 27-year-old son has configured his entire home to turn just about anything on and off in his house by a voice command to Alexa, which is the intelligent voice device from Amazon, also known as an Echo. I own an Alexa too, but for me, mostly I use it to ask for news headlines or tell it to play jazz music, or my favorite is to play brown noise just before I go to sleep. In other words, how I use the Alexa voice device pales in comparison to how my son uses it. But it doesn't matter. I've chosen not to ignore this technology. Maybe in the future I'll use it for more than I currently do. I don't know. I'll remain open-minded about it. Regarding a day in your life in 2050 and Innes' point about staying in touch with technology, I fully intend to learn about new technologies as they become available. Now, will I be among the first to try new technologies such as a smart toilet or a smart mirror? Probably not, but I'll read about them, I'll watch videos, and I'll simply learn about them. And when I decide that the time is right, I'll own one or more of these smart devices that have potential to contribute to my health, both physical and mental health. And that's my challenge to you, my midlife friend. Stay open-minded. Stay curious. Whether or not you go out and buy new smart technologies, such as what Innes describes on episode 78, learn about them as they become available. Read Innes O'Donovan's Genesima online magazine because she's heavily into all things futuristic and anti-aging. Watch specials on shows like 60 Minutes and other news outlets that undoubtedly will continue to cover this kind of technology as it matures. My challenge to you, my midlife friend, is not to ignore new technology that has potential to contribute to the quality of our lives 
especially if we can influence our biological age to be younger than our chronological age. Yes, of course, do your homework. I'm not suggesting that you become an early adopter like I was with the car phone. I am suggesting that you stay informed so that when you're ready to embrace smart technology that has potential to be helpful to you, you're truly ready. Remember the first story that I shared about my experience traveling from city to city demonstrating Harvard graphics? This was in fact the first mass market presentation graphics software product for the PC. And we at SPC had first mover competitive advantage. My time at SPC was fun while it lasted, but it didn't last very long. Microsoft eventually introduced PowerPoint. And as if that wasn't enough, they bundled PowerPoint with Word and Excel for about the same price that we sold Harvard Graphics. Well, as you might imagine, the end result was it killed us. Literally, by 1996, SPC went out of business. We were a company of about 200 people, but I was able to leverage the skills that I developed in that experience. There's no doubt that the experience I gained in that role, which includes the technology that I learned to use adeptly, allowed me to move into the next chapter of my career without skipping a beat. Again, my midlife friend, my challenge to you is to stay informed of new technologies in your career and also to understand how technology can impact our longevity, our quality of life, and how we can work and interact with each other and our loved ones. It doesn't matter what your age is. Stay informed so you can make your own informed decisions about if or when to adopt new technologies. My midlife friend, if you're enjoying the Midlife Fulfill podcast, please leave a voice message for me. Tell me what you get out of this podcast. You have no idea how meaningful it is for me to hear from you, literally hear from you. Tell me anything you want to tell me. I assure you that I'm the only one who listens to your voice message. Just scroll down to the show notes page, tap the link, leave a voice message for Bernie. It's super easy. Hey, I look forward to hearing from you, literally. My midlife friend, this brings me to the end of this Bernie's Takeaway episode. Remember, this episode is no substitute for the full conversation that I had with Innes O'Donovan on episode 78. So go back and give that a full listen to catch all of her insights into how technology will shape our life in 2050. My midlife friend, this is where I remind you before ending this episode that if you're 80% fulfilled, you're doing great. I'll see you on episode 80.